Hello everybody and welcome to another Punter's Post. I'm Andrew Brown. I got my fingers crossed, baby. Well then I'm hoping for the best. Got my fingers crossed, baby. Well then I'm hoping for the best. Yes, I'm gambling on my future, my livelihood and all the rest. Ladies and gentlemen, it is almost upon us. In just 17 hours from when I record this podcast, we'll hear the roar and the Supreme Novices will begin another Cheltenham Festival. And the Punters Podcast will be with you every night this week. Uh, I suspect it'll just be me every evening, but if possible, we'll be getting other people involved. Obviously, everyone in the racing world has got plenty of things to be doing at the moment. So the podcasts are going to be very short, very focused on the day's card. Um, Perhaps there'll be a mini-review of the previous day's racing, but for the most part, expect it to be a very rapid look ahead at what's coming. My hope is that these will be something you you can listen to on your way to pick up a racing post, in the car on the way to the festival, stuck on the bus, cursing the fact you have to go to work. Wherever you happen to be, there should be something you can slip in. Before I get into it though, I must just say a huge thanks to Harry Tregoning and to the rest of the Exit 36 Racing Syndicate. They put together a fantastic evening last week, um, a Cheltenham preview with Venetia Williams, Aidan Coleman, Cornelius Lysert, Mike Catamol, Julian Mascat. Really very interesting, very informative. I got a lot from it. I met some nice people. It was lovely to finally meet meet Harry and it's just a shame that Misty Dancer couldn't oblige for the syndicate at Sandown on Saturday but he ran well enough I'm sure they had a great day I'm sure Harry will be enjoying Cheltenham Um, and the best of luck to him and thanks once again for for what it was a very informative evening it's a shame I wasn't able to to record it for the podcast but such were the technical gremlins on the night so as we look ahead, there's nothing to review today. What are my hopes for a week of Cheltenham? Well, first of all, I'm hoping that we'll see good weather, and it looks like we will for the first couple of days at least. I'm hoping we'll see big crowds once again. It looks like we will. Good weather on St. Patrick's Day. It's bound to be a special day. Let's hope that all the horses come back safe. Um, it would be wonderful if we could have no fatalities. Certainly, the ground looks safe. Every animal there will be well prepared, so let's hope that we get a bit of luck in running. And let's hope that this results in an increased interest in racing from the general public. This should be a good festival, and let's hope it continues to boost the profile of national hunt racing. A more specific hope for me is that we'll manage to get through this festival without whip bands. Now, I've seen there's been some coverage this week. The final hurdle has been moved closer to the finishing post. This is as a response to the perceived poor behaviour by jockeys. In 2008 especially there were a number of whip bands handed out. The jockeys were spoken to sternly last year and it did result in a reduction in the number of whip bands. Now obviously I don't for a second want to to accept animals being hurt in pursuit of our fun and were there any damaging use of the whip 
I think that would be an appalling and cruel thing to see. In my opinion, though, at the festival, the jockeys are the best in the world. They're behaving very sensibly, and I'm yet to see anything which deserves a whip ban in the last three years of watching every race at the festival, and I think it's been a colossal overreaction by the stewards to perceived increased public pressure. So let's hope that moving the hurdle closer doesn't affect the races for the worse. Let's hope that the jockeys do behave themselves, but let's hope too that the stewards maintain some sense of perspective as we go through the races. And what I'd like to see is tight finishes and good racing coming right down to the wire because we've got the horses that should do this and the course, if anything, I think will be improved by moving the final hurdle. Let's hope too that we see the great jockeys who are taking part in this festival, whip bands or no whip bands, really demonstrating what incredible athletes they are. Tony McCoy, once again, a superlative season. It seems to me he's getting getting even better and he and Ruby Walsh will have have plum mounts and I'm sure we'll see at least one ding dong battle between them maybe it'll be Demon versus Kato Star let's hope so um, and let's let's hope too that we see some of the young stars coming through the Paul Townends, Jack Doyles, Reese Flints who are excellent jockeys, Reese Flint about to ride out his claim in less than two years if you can pick up a winner this week it would be a wonderful thing to sign off your your apprentice days with a win at the Cheltenham Festival, wouldn't it? And let's hope he does that. He has a, a few decent chances. Um, and let's hope, too, that some of the small trainers receive some coverage and some success. It's a tough time to be in, in any industry like this, particularly tough to be a small farmer and a small racecourse trainer. Um, the success of Carruthers last year, although he didn't win at the festival, I'm sure made life easier and brought a great deal of pleasure to a small yard who richly deserve it. Maybe this year will be Lee for it in the World Hurdle. He'll have a tough task against some some good trainers and some good horses, but the Amoses are in there with a good horse who they've looked after through very difficult times, stuck up a mountain in Scotland. They've been up for... 20 hours a day harrowing their, their gallop to give this horse a chance to come down fit and it would be lovely to see Lee for it and all the other little little horses from the smaller yards having a bit of success against the big guys so that's what I'm hoping to see this week more practical now what am I expecting to see on the first day Well, the card opens with the Supreme Novices, as I've said, and it's a very difficult race. It always is, and this year for me, it's a particularly tough pick. Uh, to be honest, I don't have a strong opinion on this one. I, if I do have a bet, it'll be to minimum stakes. As I said last week when I was talking to Jack, I don't think that Dungeeb deserves the price he's at, and for me, if I do take an angle on this, I'll be looking to oppose him. That being said, he's clearly a very talented horse and there is every chance that he will he will win. 
Get Me Out of Here has been a subject of a substantial gamble over the last week or so. He's, again, obviously a very talented horse, but to me he needs to improve substantially on what he's done so far. He's had lots of races already, um, and this isn't necessarily a race where experience is, is essential. And he is, to me, one to oppose. I simply don't think he's going to have the quality of, of some of the horses in the race. One that does interest me is Black Stem Mountain from the Willie Mullins Yard. He's Ruby's choice for from a, a decent selection at the Mullins Yard. Um, R- Willie Mullins has also s- said that the strongest horses he's bringing to the festival this year, his best chances are his supreme, no- his um, his novice hurdlers, and Black Stem Mountain could be anything. And for me, he's one that has to be on the short list. Um, another one who I would wouldn't necessarily rule out is Fiulin, who's a big price um, because his debut over Timber was was very poor. Again, very inexperienced, but on flat form is is arguably the best of these. He's he's finished fourth and fifth in some very very good um, staying flat races, the Yorkshire Cup. For example, I believe he was third or fourth behind Askin. That I haven't got his form to hand, but he's a he's a special flat horse who has decent connections. Will have strengthened up, must step up dramatically on what he's done, but don't rule that out. Um, and the other one who would be on my my short list, my place spot list, would be General Miller, who, as Jack says, has got decent form and looks like he's a big price for very strong connections and has done done nothing wrong over hurdles but it's it's a wide open race and I'll be looking at the racing post tomorrow morning with my coffee and getting two or three horses from this race my place pot is going to be one of my my priorities I have no strong opinion on this race yet the next race is the Arkle I've covered that in some detail when I was talking to Jack and my opinion hasn't changed. Uh, I remain unconvinced by Captain CB. I remain unconvinced by his jumping. And although he's come back strongly this year from a year off, it's a difficult way to prepare a horse for an event of this competitiveness. And there's every chance he'll underperform, I suspect. Um, and for me, Riverside Theatre is an excellent price. He's been a confident bet all winter only get more confident about it and I'm expecting a win from him I rate Summersby as the big danger if he turns up on form but Riverside Theatre for me we've now got a a field the field has been cut down for the William Hill Uh, obviously it's a wide open competitive handicap first handicap of the festival Um, and although the field's been cut down I still don't have have a strong view. I don't. I think races like this tend to be minimum stakes races for most punters, and I certainly, certainly uh, agree with that that approach. Ben Salem is the favourite. I've I've seen him race as a, you know, in, I believe his chase debut was at Plumpton. I was there for that. Um, he doesn't strike me as being a horse who has the strength to enjoy a big field. He doesn't strike me as having the turn of foot to come past some of these and I'm not convinced he jumps brilliantly for me with three negatives like that he can't be a five to one favourite 
Once again, I've got a short list for you. Uh, Casey Jones would be would be top of that, uh, sixteen to one. Conditions will suit him very very well. He ran an excellent race in the RSA last year, um, and conditions will be ideal. My concern is that he's high enough in the weights for for what he's achieved, and although he can improve, I suspect there may be a bigger improver or two in the field. I'd be fairly confident of a place, but I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if something snagged him. Um, one that might do it is Tatanen, who, on what he's done, is high in the weights, but and he's a he's a difficult horse to get to get on the right to find the right day for. He's been disappointing since his novice season, but he has he has talent to burn, youth on his side, excellent connections. I think Nick Schofield is a is proving himself to be a great jockey in big races like this and a worthy number two to Ruby Walsh. Um, and I wouldn't be stunned to see him coming in at a big price. He's twenty-eight to one. If his jumping holds up, he'll be there or thereabouts. And the third one, at a huge price, is Stan. And this is going back to Harry Tregoning's preview. Venetia Williams is convinced he's back to his best. And if that's true, he's off a featherweight. Harry Challoner is a good claimer. He's worth his seven pounds, and at sixty-six to one, even a hundred to one with Coral, he's he's worth looking at. And he's another one who I would want on my short list. The next race is the Champion Hurdle. It's the feature race of the day, and I've changed my mind about this race more times this week than I can remember ever changing my mind about a championship race in a season. I have no idea what's going to win this. Soul Whip was my pick before his injury and I was actually having chatted to Jack on the podcast. I was less and less confident in Gonator's chance. Although he'll get conditions that will suit him, there's so many other horses in the race that will as well. And I just wonder if one or two of them are better than him, ultimately. Um, Will he find the space he needs to get the run he wants? Will the moving of the final hurdle blunt his chances to to go off the last and snag everything by the line? I don't know that it will, but at the prices he's available at, I'd have my doubts about him. If Solwit is fit enough, and if he's recovered fully from from what's been ailing him, from his bug, then I would still rate him as an excellent chance, but there's such a huge question mark about him that he's another one I can't be betting on. So it's a completely open race, um, and for me, Kyber Kim is is the one I'd be, be looking to back to a small stake. It's a fair price. He's got an excellent turn of foot. He's got Great course form, conditions will suit. The Twist and Davis Yard seem to be coming back to form. And although you could make a case for six or seven of these to beat him, he's my idea of the best value in what is an incredibly difficult race to pick. The next race, however, I think is the easiest race on the card, not just today but for the week, which is famous last words. But the cross-country race is the race where course form matters more than any other race 
I think on the racing calendar all year. It's also the race where experience is just irreplaceable. And to me, despite the weights, Guard Champetra and Nina Carberry are going to be very tough, nigh on impossible to beat. And at 9-4, to four, they're my idea of a banker for the day. Behind them, there's Sizing Australia and Lamy are vying for second favouritism. Sizing Australia, we know he acts on the course. He's getting closer and closer to Guard Champetra. The weights... Well, on the weights, he has every chance, although I, I think Guard Champetra can pull out more each time. And I don't think he'll catch him, but unlike Lamy, he's still improving. And to me, he is the second best horse in this race. And this is a very rare and no doubt very foolhardy thing to do, but I would say there's a, there's a good a good value forecast there in Guard Champetra to beat Sizing Australia. Well, that's that's the end of my bravery. The final race on the card is the mayor's race, and I won't be getting involved unless my place pots and jackpots are still alive, which seems... Well, it'd be lovely, wouldn't it? But don't... I won't expect it, and I won't be having any bets on it. It's... The end of the first day is always the moment of the festival when you're most tired, in my experience. Um, it's easy to make betting mistakes, so... I'll be steering clear of this one. Volo Le Vedette, though, is a is a worthy favourite. She's one who'd be making my my place pot list. Um, without White Oak, with Kavega making seasonal debut, this is a weaker race than it has been in the past, and I think she's she's the one with the fewest question marks about her. That being said, if Kavega is right, then I think Vola de la Vedette is going to have to to improve significantly to be a, a fully tuned up Kavega. It's just a question of which which mare turns up on the day. If you want an outsider in this race, and I say I recommend that you don't, then it will be Arctic Magic. She's got decent course form. She's much better this season after a really disastrous chase campaign last year, and with drying ground, she should see out the trip. She's performed well enough around Cheltenham before that I think 50s are a very big price for her. But as I say, it's not a race I'll be getting involved with. So that's it for today. My best bet for tomorrow is Riverside Theatre in the Arkle. My banker for tomorrow is Gard Champet in the Cross Country. And my long shot is Stan in the William Hill Chase. So... Tune in tomorrow for my thoughts on the first day of the festival, a quick review on how I've done, and to look ahead to the card on Wednesday. But for those of you going tomorrow, be safe and enjoy yourself. For those of you playing tomorrow, the very best of luck. Goodbye.